looking into the mystery of belief in Christ. We are reading Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Verses 3 through 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached this fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Christ... We were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. (laughs) Father, we thank you again this morning for your word. We thank you for inside these words we are able to discover your word, the way and the truth and the life. Father, this morning I pray that you will come and inhabit the praise of your people again, afresh and anew. And I pray that you will open our minds and help us to see and open our ears and help us to hear and Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that, that you would touch our hearts this morning, that they would be soft and moldable and able to understand and receive the word that is written inside these words. Father, we thank you again, and we do praise you again in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, today again, we are resuming our teaching series, Saved for a Purpose. Doesn't that guy kind of look like Austin, standing in the weight field? He looks kind of like Austin, don't it? I like that. That's why we picked that picture. Saved for a Purpose. Before jumping in, I'd like to briefly remind us about our two previous messages, briefly by sharing that two weeks ago we began to learn 
what we have when we enter in to Christ, what we have. You see, in Christ, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. I don't know exactly what all that is, but I know that it's got to be good stuff. The best stuff that we could ever possibly imagine. Every spiritual blessing. And every spiritual blessing in Christ is more wonderful than we could possibly imagine in our humanness. More wonderful. But we learned that our loving Heavenly Father wants us to discover and to know and to live in complete victory both here today and in all of eternity. That victory is found only in Jesus. Amen? You see, in Christ Jesus, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. And last week we learned that Jesus is a friend for life, that he loves each of us, Right where we are. Right where we are today. And he longs to be with us forever. And we can claim that unconditional love forever by by believing. And by saying, yes, Jesus. I know. I know I'm not worthy. I know it. And I know that I can't measure up on my own. But yes, Jesus, I believe that's why you came. So come into my life and save me from my selfishness. I want, I want to be your friend for life. And so we resume today by by looking into this mystery of belief in Christ. This mystery of belief in Christ. Now I'd like to begin by asking you a question. In the morning after you woke up, that you wake up, in the morning after you wake up and you walk into the bathroom and turn on the light and look into the mirror, what do you see? <laughs> You know, you roll out of bed, you walk in the bathroom, you turn on the light, and you look in the mirror. And I know some of you may be asking, Pastor, did I have my coffee yet or not? Right? Because it does make a difference, doesn't it? Sure does. Well, I'm asking, what do you see before coffee? Before you've had a chance to shower? Before doing anything to our hair before brushing our teeth. Oh, right? I'm glad. I love toothpaste and toothbrushes, right? That morning breath stuff is bad news. Before we brushed our teeth, before we have done anything to make ourselves presentable to the world, what do we see? Hmm. Not such a pretty scene, is it? 
But I would like to suggest to you that the more important question for us to answer this morning is once we enter into Christ, what does God see? What does God see? This morning, I'd like us to see three things that God sees. In Christ, first off, God sees the blood of Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Throughout the Old Testament, whenever God's people were needing to draw near to him, whenever God's people were wanting to draw near to him, whenever God's people were seeking to be made right with him, the blood of a sacrifice was required. We see it all throughout the Old Testament. The blood of the sacrifice was carefully collected. I helped Michaela yesterday with her mower. I tried to, and we had to collect the gas from out of the mower so that we could try and figure out what was wrong with it. They would carefully collect the blood of the sacrifice and they would sprinkle it over the altar. So that when God saw the blood of the sacrifice offered up in faith, God forgave his people. But if we've ever learned anything at all about the teaching of the Old Testament, we have learned very well that the sacrifice of sheep and cattle can never, ever purify us for all time. Not one of us. You see, that's why the perfect God-man came in the first place. And that the blood of Jesus does indeed cover over all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.7 You see, in Christ, God sees the blood of Jesus. I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so glad. And besides seeing the blood of Jesus, that God sees the blood of Jesus, we second now see that in Christ, God sees the forgiven. God sees, he sees the forgiven. And if you've ever been in a place, and I know that I have multiple times in my life, where really messed up, Really blew it this time. And I got caught. In the middle of it. And there just isn't any easy way out. You know those times when that beautiful royal blue car with a big red light on top is parked behind you and, and, and it's going round and round, you know. There just isn't any easy way out. It's been a little while since I've had that happen, but let's just say I learned my lesson, and I hope I've learned it for all time. Because I don't like that, that car parked behind me with the red light going off. There just isn't an easy way out. I've been caught 
And, you know, we have a lot of different excuses at different times, don't we not, for different things that we get caught in, different ways that we've blown it. We've always got some great excuses, right? But one of my high school teachers used to say all the time when we would bring excuses to him for whatever it was that we had done, he'd say, he'd say, son, excuses are like armpits. We all have them and they all stink, right? Excuses are not going to work. When we are in those places of having to live through the consequences of our mistakes, the excuses, they really are of zero benefit. That policeman, he's not going to, oh, you didn't see the sign. Oh, you didn't see me sitting there. Oh, you didn't, right? There's just no excuses that are going to get us out of it. There's no benefit in the excuse. All that's left is for us to have to pay the price. But you see, that's exciting news. That's exciting news. Before any of us could ever think about trying to fix ourselves so that we could possibly be right with God, before any of that would ever take place, in Christ, we are already forgiven of all of our sin. And that's exciting news. That's something we can get excited about this morning because you see, in Christ, God sees the forgiven. Say forgiven. Good. That's not bad. That's not bad. I hope you're happier about the forgiven than that, but it's all good. And finally, besides seeing that God sees the blood of Jesus and God sees the forgiven, we thirdly now see that in Christ, God sees the redeemed. God sees the redeemed. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm getting happy inside. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hmm. Have you ever noticed for a man, a man's first car is family? A man's first car is, is, is family. Many more times than not, a man has a hard time remembering what he had for lunch yesterday. But if you are to ask a man about his first car, generally we'll have no trouble recounting the details. Just, you, you just... It's never going away. It's something that we can talk about today at the potluck. You can ask the men sitting around, tell me about your first car. They're just going to know. For me, my first car was a 1977 Ford Fairmont. I, I bought it from Hemel Chevrolet in Colon, Michigan. Uh, it was brown. It was a four-door with an AM radio. Not a, not a lick of rust on it at all. And to seal the deal, Hemmels purchased and installed for me an FM stereo and cassette player so that I could listen to my 80s music, right? Right? It's not like the thumping stuff today, but... Uh, 
I had to be able to listen to my 80s music, and I wasn't buying the car without an FM stereo cassette player, so they threw it in to seal the deal. But you know, some like myself, the first car is kind of like the fish that got away. It's like the fish that got away. And some of us really, really take that to heart in trying to find that fish that got away. To purchase a different one, even though it's not the one. Purchase one exactly like it. Get it running. Restore it to vintage condition, right down to painting it the same color as the first car. Why do we do this, guys? Why do we do this? So that they can have their family member back. My first car, I've got it back. But why is that so important? Because, you see, we can take our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids out for a drive in our family member. Guys, guys, I don't know, we're just that way. You see, a man's car, his first car is his family. Merriman-Webster defines the word redeemed. Redeemed means to rescue by paying a price. To rescue by paying a price. The word redeemed. And I'd like to suggest that that, just as a man values his first car as family... That in Christ, you and I are all God's first pick. His first pick. But that you and I are insuperably more valuable to God than any first car of any one of us men here today. Insuperably more valuable to Him than our first car is to us. You see, God sent Jesus to rescue us by paying the supreme sacrifice, the shedding of his blood. Why? So that we can be forgiven. So that we can be forgiven. You see, in Christ we are redeemed. Not just into the best person that we can be in this life. No. It's far greater than that. Because you see, in Christ, we are redeemed into the perfect image of the perfect prototype, Jesus himself. Do I need to say that again? It's not just into the best person that we can be in this life into the perfect image of the perfect prototype Jesus himself you see in Christ God sees the redeemed the redeemed as I began our message today I asked you What you see in the mirror first thing in the morning before doing anything to be presentable for us here today, right? 
What did God see when you looked into the mirror? Before the creation of the world, before we ever think about attempting to clean ourselves up, God looked upon us from inside the mirror. He looked back at us, looking at us in the eye. And before Christ, God saw beyond the unpresentable exterior. God saw to the core of our being every minute detail of why we ought never inhabit the kingdom of God. But when we heard the message... But when we heard the message of Jesus and his love... But in that moment we first believed. Everything changed. And for those that are in Christ... Even though we are our own worst critics, are we not? We are our own worst critics... In Christ, before the foundation of the world, in Christ, God chose you. And God picked us up out of the miry clay. And he adopted us as full family members. Amen? And in Christ, God sees the blood of Jesus covering us from all unrighteousness and forgiving us. And in Christ, God rescued us. And God redeemed us. And this is but a, but a small portion of this mystery of God's love for all that will believe. Friends, God is here today. And God is wherever you are hearing this message today. There is great news. God is so very near. He is. So very near. God is sitting on the edge of his seat. Looking expectantly into the eyes of our heart. God is just waiting, waiting for us, waiting for those who have yet to believe, waiting for us to say yes. Yes, Jesus, I don't understand, but I do understand that you love me. I do. I hear that you love me right where I am. And that you long for me to live with you forever. I understand. But I understand that in my own and on my own, I can never be your friend. So yes, Jesus, even though I don't deserve, come into my life and be my friend forever. You see, friends, this is the mystery of belief in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much 
one more time, I, I just find myself thanking you and thanking you and thanking you that you are so good and you are so faithful and you are so kind. Lord, I thank you that you see beyond what I see. Father, I pray that we together would look beyond what we see in the mirror, that we would look beyond, that we would begin to see what you see, God. Oh, Lord, because when we see what you see, we are changed. We are changed. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will help each of us to believe. Help us to believe deeper and more meaningfully than than we do today. Holy Spirit, come and teach us to believe. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, we thank you that you are definitely a God that all day long stands with your arms open wide to a disobedient and an obstinate people. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be changed this morning, that we would be like that loyal lab that just is sitting there wagging and just wants to do it right. Lord, I pray that you would change us and make us this way. Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory, it's only through your power Lord, hear this prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.